Malana Ibrahim Bam joins us on the line. Malana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And assalamu alaikum to all the esteemed listeners of Radio Islam. Jazakumullah khairan, Malana, for joining us on uh, the program uh, this morning. How is Malana doing? Allah shukar, alhamdulillah. How are you and how is everyone? It's nice to be back again. Uh, uh, to back on the airways of Radio Islam. And after a lovely trip that I had, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and Allah ta'ala make it beneficial, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. By the radio station uh, this week, it's uh, all excitement about uh, the Sira Jalsa that's coming up on Saturday. And inshallah, we hope to see and uh, listen to Mulana's advices. Inshallah, Allah ta'ala make it a uh, means of goodness. And we humbly uh, request all the listeners uh, to pass the word around and inshallah also to... Uh, to to attend and pass the word around, inshallah, it becomes a means of goodness and a means of hidayat, inshallah. I mean, I mean, that's the Sirat Jalsa that's taking place on Saturday here at uh, Nur al-Islam in Indonesia. It's an event or uh, a program that uh, everybody looks forward to with the different speakers uh, that will be there as well. And Molana Ibrahim Bam is one of uh, the speakers at that program. Uh, nonetheless, Maya, uh, uh, Maya recently traveled uh, to Pakistan. I'm sure it's, it's a country that that uh, that, um, uh, that holds uh, good memories for Molana. Molana had studied there as well, and many of Maya's teachers and Ustads are there as well. Um, and uh, we'll discuss this today on the program. Ma, Ma will be discussing lessons from uh, from your journey to Pakistan. Yes, Moana. I mean, see, the, 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 the point is I always make mention with regard to some of the programs that we have had in the past. It is not to, to give a travelogue, uh, but it's, you know, when you do travel, you get to meet people, and you also, uh, uh, when you meet people, it's sometimes... Uh, many great uh, lessons that you learn and some anecdotes that you can share that uh, becomes a means of inspiration and a means of lesson. And I think that is what the purpose of today's program is all about. It's not to say that you went here and you, you know, that is not the purpose. Uh, that time, I mean, the hundreds and thousands of people travel worldwide. And um, uh, the point is what, what we learn from our travel. So Allah Ta'ala in the Holy Quran has referred and given an indication, travel the earth and go and see the and take lessons from the traveling that you that you undertake and that's what uh, the program is all about today and uh, to you you can uh, the listeners you can interact with us you can share with us your thoughts as well uh, anything that you'd like to know as well about pakistan or something that you have experienced or when traveling there and so on uh, you can drop us a message on uh, our whatsapp number 0727861548 why you can continue Yes, Mana. You know when you when when obviously nearly everyone when they think about Pakistan, the perceptions with regard to the media, etc., is that there is um, great amount of political turmoil and there is great amount of problems, there is safety situations, there is load shedding and there is power outages, and you normally have a very uh, negative aspects with regard to Pakistan, and there is no doubt that there is great amount of challenges. There is at the moment uh, political uncertainty. Uh, there is great amount of economic problems. Uh, people are generally complaining about the, uh, the, the cost of living. There's been great amount of inflation. The poor people are finding it very difficult uh, because of the rising cost. And all of that is there. But, you know, what is amazing is that, you know, it is a, a living city. I mean, I, I haven't seen many cities as buzzing as Karachi. 
and maybe I do have a prejudice with regard to it. And uh, after all, I spent 10 years of my life in Karachi. But, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing to see the, uh, the, the buzzing and the strength and the uh, energy of Karachi. I mean, really, from 7 o'clock in the morning, you get up. Now, you have different phases. So uh, that phases also in itself create a lot of challenges. As I was speaking to a lot of people, alhamdulillah, I was there for four or five days, but I just had amazing experiences uh, with the people whom I met. It is, and I will really relate some of that. So uh, one of them is that you start off seven o'clock in the morning. So that seven o'clock in the morning starts off with the school going children, the office going people, those who are working in offices, etc. Now the normal people who open shops, you know, especially the bazaars, the people who work in the bazaars, which of course is one of the major sources of shopping and the major sources of uh, uh, sustenance for people is the bazaars. Although you do have shopping malls, that also opens, you know, relatively early. But comparatively to the bazaars, where people start off, you know, they only come to the shops after 11. So you know, whenever you tell someone you're going shopping uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, they say, "Why well, you waste your time? Only go after 12 when the people open the shops." And then they close 11 o'clock at night. And after 11 o'clock at night, they go out and go and eat. And, you know, if you were to stand in Karachi or travel in Karachi at midnight, you would be absolutely amazed. You would be thinking that you are in the, in the midst of a traffic jam and you are in the midst of the most uh, the rush hour of any other city in the world. 11 or 12 o'clock, midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, the streets are buzzing like you can't believe it. Uh, one of the areas that, you know, I have great amount of phone memories is Burns Road, uh, which where my maternal auntie used to stay. And I used to go a lot and frequent that place. And today when you go there, it is just buzzing. You go one o'clock in the morning, you can't get a place, never mind to park, even to walk. It is known as a food street. So there's an energy with regard to it that you can't, uh, you know, you can't uh, put a... Uh, uh, explanation to it. I mean, on the one hand, you have all the problems. You have the political upheaval. There are supposed to be an elections in February. Uh, by and large, the people are saying most likely it will be postponed. Uh, and uh, some people are saying, no, it will carry on. The media is saying it will carry on. And of course, we all know the political uncertainty with regard to... Uh, the, and I, I never comment on politics in Pakistan because you never know what the reality is and what is presented in front of people. Uh, I, having stead, stead, uh, studied there for 10 years, uh, it is uh, politics is one of the most uncertain things that you can ever imagine with regard to Pakistan. You know, what, what we see, the political uh, shenanigans here in South Africa, it is child's play to the politics that happens in Pakistan. And that's one of the unfortunate parts because mm. it has been a barrier for progress. It has been a barrier for, right. for stability. Uh, Pakistan has got so much potential and that potential has been wasted by, you know, people not getting a united front and a united vision. But be as it may, uh, I'm not going to speak so much about it. So one of the things that you find quite amazing is, despite all the economic uncertainties and the economic challenges and the political uncertainty, uncertainties, there's an energy and the vibrancy in the city that you, you just can't explain, given the, the, the challenges. On the other hand, I mean, the reason why we went for is um, something that I would like to share is one is that I spend uh, some portion of my time this time staying in the madrasa uh, where we uh, studied for 10 years. I studied and I was there for 10 years. So there were some, you know, remarkable, um, you know, memories. 
Now, uh, when we went there, of course, Binuri Town has just, uh, our Jamia in Binuri Town has just uh, progressed that, uh, you know, I, I, I was just absolutely astounded by the progress. Just to give an example, uh, when we studied, uh, in our final year, there were 95 students. We were 95 students uh, who completed and graduated uh, in uh, Karachi in 1983, which we graduated. And by the way, I must say that at that particular time when we graduated, with me was uh, Marhum Molana Shabir Qazi, my cousin Molana Abdullah Bamji, uh, and thereafter uh, there was Molana Salim Karim. Uh, we were all in, in the same class. And of course, there were many other people who were, uh, you know, in the same class. Morana Naimullah was in from Makkah. Many of the South Africans know him. He was also in my class. And uh, during the course of my lessons and during my course of my journey, I went to Darulun Karachi and I met uh, Morana Naim Ashraf. And he came and he was looking for me because his brother phoned me and said, you're going to Darulun. My brother wants to meet you. And I recalled him. I remember him. So he came and he said that, uh, Morana, we were together for 10 years. We were together in his class. And he made, he made a joke of two with regard to some of my pronunciation, which he said, I used to tease you about it when you were in his class. And then we were together the right through uh, in our studies. So he said we were 10 years satis. And he is today the main person who is doing the compilation of Mufti Taqi's projects of bringing the entire hadith literature, all the hadith of the different books in hadith, under one encyclopedia uh, with an identity, you know. So he's doing tremendous work, which he shared with us. But anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say that, you know, you were 10 years there, so there were many uh, examples, and Mohan Naim Ashraf was also with us when we graduated. So we were 95 people when we graduated in 1983. And today, uh, the role with regard to uh, the, the stuff, the entire, you know, maybe I think we were... Uh, maybe one or one and a half thousand students at that time. Today, uh, the collective uh, student population of the Jamia, which we studied with the different branches in different parts of Karachi, is 12,028. And we were 95 when we graduated. Today, in the final year, there is 811 students. <laughs> I, I was just like, you know, astounded. Um, you know, when we came there, my, my very good colleague and friend, we were very close. Now, the two ulama who were very close to me at that time when we were studying uh, amongst the local uh, students was Morana Imdadullah and Morana Ataur Rahman. Morana Ataur Rahman was my class fellow. And he used to read the hadith ibarat. He used to read the hadith, uh, the text, uh, when we were studying. So usually in the hadith, uh, classes, you have the text, and then the ustads explain after the student reads through the text. So he used to read the text. He passed away in a in a aircraft accident, in an aircraft plane accident, uh, you know, just near Islamabad. It was quite a shock when we heard it, you know. In fact, I was in a plane when I got the news that Mu'atta Rahman has passed on in an air crash. Uh, so he was very close to me. And then Morana Imdadullah was one year behind us. He was with Morana Zahir Ragi and Morana Abdullah Ahmedji. So they still four memories. So he was doing the Khatam of Sahih Muslim. 
so myself and Mufti Zubair were there, so he asked us that, why don't you say a few words to the students? So I told him, I don't feel myself worthy of saying, uh, but he insisted. So I said, the only thing I will do is I will make mention of some of my experiences and some of the lessons and some of the quotations we heard from our Asatiza. So I only spoke to them about the Hadith classes of Mufti Wali Hassan Sab. I just spoke about my Ustad Mufti Wali Hassan, who is one of the foremost uh, Ustads of the Jamia, of our institute. He taught the Hadith for many, many years, and I was fortunate to learn Sahih Bukhari and Jamia Tirmidhi for him. So I, I related some of the incidents about him, a remarkable human being, uh, great in his knowledge, he had some, you know, very amazing viewpoints that he... And I shared it with the students. So one of the things that I shared with the students was that I said, in our class, Mufti Walia Sinsab, Rahmatullahi, used to say something very, very profound. And I think it has, you know, deep-reaching consequences even for our situation in South Africa, and I shared it with them. I said he used to say in class, you know, there is a certain degree of awe, and there's a certain degree of respect and sanctity for haram, in the Muslim Ummah. He say, see to it that you maintain that awe and that sanctity. Right? And he used to say, don't for small, small things say haram, 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 haram. He say, what happens is that the, the respect and the sanctity of haram will go away if you just for every small thing say haram, haram, haram. And this is something that I heard from him myself. And, you know, I... I shared it with them, and they really enjoyed it. Then I shared them one or two experiences of Mufti Ahmadur Rahman, who, I'm, who I, I learned, uh, you know, Mishkat from. And he was also the principal of the madrasa after the passing away of Maulana Binuri Rahmatullahi. He was the son-in-law of Maulana uh, Binuri Rahmatullahi. So I narrated to him that once uh, there was like, you know, uh, a fight that happened between the foreign students in the hostel. So when Mufti Ahmad Rahman came to know about it, so he came to speak about it, you know, he speak, he speak to us about it. So he had a lot of time and love for the foreign students. So during the course of that talk, which he spoke on, you know, pride, which I translated it, and I don't know where and where it's, I had, um, you know, narrated that uh, talk and the points from that talk. So during the course of that, he said something that I shared with the students. I said, Khadim bano, Mahdum mat bano, sare jagre, what a beautiful statement is to say, learn to serve people. Don't wait to be served. He said, all the problems in the world is everyone waits to be respected. Everyone waits to be served. If everyone turns out to be a khadim, one who, who serves people, there will be no, there will be no fight. So because there was a fight in the hostel, so he came and told us, why you people are fighting? Learn to serve one another. Learn to serve your fellow students. So I narrated some of the incidents of that, and alhamdulillah, that was one of the things that I, I had an opportunity of speaking to, to the students, just uh, in terms of some of the experiences that we had. So this, this is one of the things that, you know, one of the amazing things about the madrasa, it is right in the middle of the city. So there's, there's just a buzzing everywhere. Now, normally you would associate a madrasa in a darulum with, uh, you know, a certain degree of um, there being quiet, solitude. This, you know, you can't find in, in, in uh, Binori town. It's just outside you go, they just, 
traffic and chaos and restaurants and there used to be a famous restaurant uh, known as ice school people used to enjoy the juices and up till now people come far and wide to you know take the juice uh, you know that is made there so they make fresh juice and one of the very popular juice was the chico juice they used to make anyway um, it's just a bustling it yet uh, within there there is a certain degree of sanctity and I you know, I was telling someone that, you know, you, you read Maghrib and Isha from the masjid. The masjid is big. And just the normal Maghrib, the entire masjid gets full. Almost the entire courtyard gets full. And after the Haramain and after the major, you know, masajid, I haven't seen a more spiritually uplifting salat than the salat that you can read in the courtyard of Binuri town, especially Maghrib salat. It is absolutely amazing, the, the energy, the vibrancy, the spiritual fulfillment that you get. The environment of the Maghrib Salat is just absolutely amazing. So we had quite a few, three, four Maghrib Salat. We used to try and make it a point to read the Maghrib Salat in Binuri town. So it, it, it's amazing. It has always been uh, the, the, the forefront with regard to the Madaris and the Darul Looms. We went to the, to the Darul Iftar. When we were there, the Darulifta was a small room, and now it has become almost four times the size, you know. So when we went there, we were given, there were 24 muftis, 24 muftis in the Darulifta, and they answer 107 fatwas a day, 107 fatwas a day. Subhanallah. I, I, I was just like, uh, and out of that 107, uh, they say that uh, the fatwas that they write, these are, these are written replies. Not only, they're not even talking of telephonic queries. Telephonic queries will go even beyond that. Out of the 107, 62 are worthy of publishing in which they are doing a publishing of the fatwa. Now, can you imagine the scale of khidmat? So when, you, when we went there, I mean, we didn't have it in our time. So you get two or three people in the reception of the Darul Iftar. So anyone comes, he gives his question, it is written, uh, the reception help him in writing the whole thing. You know, just to see that everything is right. They log it, they give him a logging number, and then, you know, you give it to, there's one room where the people write the, the fatawa, they, they, they give the answer, and there's another room of six muftis who do the tasdik, who do the uh, corroborating of the fatwa. And I mean, can you imagine 24 muftis, 107 fatwas written daily? That is the scale of the work that is happening in Binori town. And when we went there, there's a line outside. So the, the people are sitting on chairs waiting to come give their the, uh, the questions. So um, this is just with regard to one of the institutes that we had the opportunity of visiting. And um, uh, inshallah, we will relate to it after after the the, uh, the break. Inshallah. Inshallah.
Um, that uh, it's now just gone 9.30 or just past 9.30. This is the social program on Radio Islam International. And uh, today, Malana is speaking about his recent uh, journey to Pakistan, lessons learned from that uh, journey to Pakistan. We're going to go straight into our half-hourly headlines, followed by the air break. Uh, on the other side of that, we'll continue with uh, this discussion. This week on the social program, Malana is speaking about lessons uh, from uh, Malana's uh, recent journey to Pakistan and uh, more just to um, uh, a few messages <clears throat> that have come through saying that uh, Alhamdulillah it's so beautiful to hear about uh, Pakistan and to hear about Mahana's uh, uh, journey. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept um, from all of us and also uh, to hear about uh, the different services that, uh, that are happening in uh, Karachi. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it uh, from each and every one. Yes, Jazakumullah wa khairan ahsan al Allah make it grow from strength to strength. And it has just been um, uh, very pleasing to see the progress of uh, the Alma Mater. Allah Ta'ala make it, uh, as I said, go from strength to strength. Amen, amen. Um, I wonder if there is anyone who also has other, hmm. uh, you know, experiences with regard to Karachi. Uh, by all means, it would be nice to, to get from them. Then, of course, we also had the opportunity. We have a very limited time, and there are so many things that I want to, to share. So I think um, the one other point and the highlight was together with it going to Darulum Karachi. Now, Darulum Karachi is a very well-known institute, made more famous also by the personalities that are in there. And one of them, of course, is uh, Mufti Taqi Usmani. So... Uh, we had the good fortune of spending some time with Mufti Taqi Sab. Mufti Taqi is a great boon upon this Ummah. There is no doubt whatsoever. He is worldwide and he is respected amongst all categories of the Ummah. Uh, unfortunately, I have to say, except in certain categories in South Africa, because South Africans sometimes feel themselves more pious than anyone else. So the whole world would, uh, you know, fate Mufti Taqi Sab but here you will get, uh, you know, voices that will criticize him. But the scale of his work, the scale of his influence, the scale of his ins inspiration is something that um, is, um, you know, is just amazing, is mind-boggling. Uh, you know, especially in the issue with regard to the Palestinian issue. Now, in the Palestinian issue, we know that he is speeches has been an inspiration and it has been a means of hope for the Muslims throughout the world. And Mufti Taqisab recently traveled to Qatar where he met the senior leaders of Hamas. So during the course of our meeting with him, he related some of the incidents and some of his conversations with them. He also spoke about the situation and greatly perturbed and anguished by the lack of responses by the Muslim countries, something that is shared worldwide by Muslims throughout the world, uh, the sense of disappointment, the sense of frustration. Um, then we also, he asked us about the South African, um, you know, the challenge in the International Court of Justice. Uh, he was very, very pleased by it and he praised and he asked about the background and he wanted to know how did that come about. Uh, we also related to him uh, the meeting of the Muslim delegation that went to meet with the p president and senior members of the ANC um, and uh, in which some of the ulama were also part of it 
and he was very happy with that. And uh, then we spoke about a couple of things. He also expressed disappointment that in many places of the world he hears about uh, instead of working together for the benefit and the challenges facing the ummah, uh, there is a culture uh, of hatred and a culture of attacking one another. And that is something that he, he was very sad about. So anyway, we had a long discussion discussing various things. Now, the Darul Room is just the opposite of Pinuri Town, not in terms of methodology of what they are teaching, but in terms of its um, situation. Now, and in terms of um, uh, where it is. Now, because it's a little bit out of the, the city, uh, and of course, anyone who knows, uh, we, we were told that there is a small plug that was uh, somewhere along the, the Darulum in which mention is made that among the founding donors of that land, which is in today, I mean, it is quite a, still in the city, but it's still not as in the middle of the city the way Binori Town is. So um, was a South African, the Dadabai family, they donated uh, much of the land in which the present Darul Ulum Karachi is situated in. And there was a plug. They told us the plug is somewhere. We went to the reception and they were not aware of it. But someone said there was a plug in which mention is made of the Darabai family in South Africa. I initially thought it was the Laher family, but then someone said no, in that it was written the Darabai family. Maybe someone who is listening can maybe, uh, you know, alert me with regard to it or inform me with regard to it. So there's a South African connection with regard to it. Very well structured most beautifully constructed and so, you know, in terms of neatness, cleanliness, and in terms of the architectural design. You know, you have streets, and the streets are named after great ulama of the past. So you'll have Morana Ashari Ashraf Ali, Shari Morana Qasim Nanautwe, Shari Haji Imdadullah, and the, the doors of the different, um, you know, uh, hostels, the different classes is also on the name of different personalities. So when you go into the Darul Hadith, uh, the door of that particular, the door leading to the Darul Hadith, Babul Bukhari. Then you come to the, to the Masjid, Babi Arafi, under the name of Monana uh, Abdullah Arafi Rahmatullahi. So it is absolutely amazing to see, you know, this whole aspect of uh, the most beautiful structure with regard to it. Uh, so we went and we, we saw that and uh, recently, and I think this is such a great lesson for us here in South Africa, uh, we sit and we uh, tend to, you know, uh, have different types of uh, difference of opinion with regard to certain things. But within the presence of the Darul Ulum, uh, Mufti Taqisa, Mufti Taqi Usmani, and Mufti Rafi Usmani have set up a Hira Islamic school, right? Now, this is quite amazing. You know, here we have a difference of opinion with regard to the establishment. There they felt it necessary. And it was set up by Mufti Rafi. It is run by the son of Mufti Taqi Usmani. And it is within the prisons of the Darulum. So within the prisons of the Darulum Karachi, in one corner of it, there is the Hira Islamic school established by Mufti Rafi Saab and Mufti Taqi Usmani. Mufti Taqi still oversees it, but the operational is done by his son, uh, Mufti Imran Usmani. Right? It is a Cambridge-based schooling systems. 
flight it is based on the camera now one of the reasons with regard to it in karachi you know karachi it's amazing there is such amount of emphasis upon academic excellence and the the quality of the students in karachi is 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 very very excellent and that is why you find uh, pakistani students getting scholarship in very great universities of the world you know pakistani students will be in the forefront because of that so they won the winner of the international school school award this hira islamic school from the cambridge system you know they, they tried to gain excellence with regard to it they got 3000 students there with excellent facilities in that school including a swimming pool and a food lab right uh, so the the swimming pool is also segreg- segregated and you have different times for males and females uh, they also are under construction with future plans uh, to include an engineering and a medical college right now this is something amazing then in that hira school we we visited mufti najib mufti najib is uh, attached to the hira islamic school and he has been given the task by wifaqul ulama now wifaqul ulama is the the umbrella body of uh, the ulama body in pakistan i'm talking about the wifaqul ulama in pakistan who oversees and all the darul ulums write a joint paper so the final year is the 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 final year examination is done under wifaqul ulama right so mufti najib has been given the task by the wifaqul ulama to write a syllabus for muslim schools by the ulama of pakistan and i you know, I'm sometimes you know, i just scratch my head with regard to this whole particular matter of why we we in south africa are fighting about these things and there what what level and progress they have reached so he's writing and he asked me he said please i want to do a, a syllabus with regard to you know maths geography science and you know islamizing those subjects and that is my task given to me by wifaqul ulama that how can i bring uh, islamic aspects governing these these uh, sciences and that is by the highest ulama body of the country right so um, you know i had some you know thoughts i shared with him and um, you know then of course uh, we also went to the qabristan which i did a small clip mm. which i put on my social media post it is very very emotional mm. you know in mufti wali since up my ustad of bukhari sharif is buried there he was also the ustad of mufti taqi usmani because before he came to benuri town he also taught for a while in darulum then um, my ustad of the abu daud marana badiu zaman sab and someone who i forgot to mention in the clip was my ustad of uh, uh, sahih muslim muf marana idris mirti he is also buried uh, there in that qabristan uh, in darulum so it was a very sentimental journey with regard to going to darulum Yeah, I've seen uh, that clip on uh, uh, that Qabristan is why I was going through it, some of the ulama there that have really um, served the ummah in such a great way and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them. They've got so many students and also their works appreciated across the globe. 
Yes, Juan, uh, there is no doubt. And I mean, oh, I, I was when we did meet Mufti Taqi, one of the great honors that we had was uh, all his speeches that he has given on the Gaza and the Palestinian issue, uh, it has been compiled in a book form. So Alhamdulillah, he gave us uh, a gift, a hadiah, uh, with all those, um, you know, speeches that he gave on the Palestinian and the issue of Gaza, uh, which has been compiled in a book form. Alhamdulillah, Mufti Saab gave us a gift with regard to that. And it was a very emotional and sentimental gift, which, uh, inshallah, uh, I hope to, to, to read through. And, uh, you know, it's an honor to have that uh, book, which, uh, which was given to us by Mufti Taqi Saab. Mm. I see Mohamed also delivered a, a Juma lecture as well in Pakistan. Yes, well, I was very, very hesitant to do so, but uh, there were uh, different people who were there, Kamran uh, Bai, who is the father-in-law of Mufti Shafi Jakura and Mona Shakir Jakura. He, he's got a masjid in Hill Park. Now, Hill Park has got many memories for us. We were in South African students, uh, used to go in our holiday times when we were off uh, to go and play mini-golf that time. They used to call it mini-golf. Nowadays they call it putt putt here in South Africa. So there used to be a mini golf course there. So we used to go there and right uh, underneath the hill park there is a masjid and they were telling me that it's um, uh, it's a place where there are quite a few English speaking people. So you can add English words, uh, but try and keep it as much as possible in Urdu. So I haven't given many uh, Urdu speeches because although I understand Urdu and it mm. is something that we can speak and converse, but it's not on the tongue. And you know, sometimes when you're speaking in a Jumma talk, the, the biggest difficulty is to find the right words at the right time and the appropriate time when you're speaking. Sometimes you have to search for words when you are giving a talk. But somehow or the other, alhamdulillah, the talk seemed to have gone well. And uh, I spoke about our understanding of the Gaza issue, not only about the oppression, but the mindset, because there's no doubt whatsoever there are certain mindsets. Sometimes there are questions. Uh, we are on hack. Why, why, why are we not gaining victory? So I made mention that sometimes, uh, despite the fact you are on hack, there are different challenges Allah Ta'ala brings. Sometimes there is victory. Uh, in our life of Nabi Karim Sallallahu there was victory in Badr. Sometimes there is initially a victory, then it turns into a setback, Uhad. Sometimes there is initially a setback, then there is victory, Hunayn. Sometimes you fight a defensive war uh, in the Battle of the Trench, and sometimes you fight an offensive war, uh, like um, uh, the conquest of Makkah. So there are different situations that come upon the Ummah, and that doesn't guarantee, uh, you know, success and failure. Success and failure is by your intention. And a person can be successful even if he loses. He can be successful in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even if he's in a battle uh, where there is a setback. And I gave this example. I said, isn't it amazing that Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala is given the title of Sayyidu Shuhada, but yet he was a shaheed in a battle when there was a setback. So, you know, I spoke about that. I spoke about certain aspects of hope. So, alhamdulillah, you know, I had an opportunity of speaking there for a Jumma talk and then went to meet other institutes, went to uh, the Khanka uh, in Molana uh, Hakim Akhtar's Khanka, uh, had a little bit of a session there, then went to Jamia to Rashid to see their model. Obviously, there is a difference of opinion with regard to some of their models and some of their ways, but it was interesting to see uh, what was there. We met with Molana um, uh, Mufti Abdurrahim Saab, who is, you know, amazingly one of the elders. And, you know, amazing, when we were studying, Mufti Abdurrahim Saab was someone who was, uh, you know, very, very strict in his fatawa. 
and he was known for the strictness in his fatawa. And obviously, somewhere along the line, he understood, he looked at things differently, and he made a certain degree of, you know, change in the curriculum, uh, where he accommodates um, university students. Uh, he's got a, uh, you know, he's got a college, a medical college, engineering college, and those particular students study in that college, and thereafter they come into the kulia to Sharia, and then eventually they 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 complete with the students who are doing Dars and Izami, the Dars and the Alim course. And then towards the end, uh, they also do uh, the Alim course. Uh, that is what I understood from the model which was presented to us. So anyway, that was a model that they are doing. Allah Ta'ala knows best with regard to that situation. But we went there and we went to different places. And of course, there are challenges. I mean, I must make mention, one of it was there were people who were close to uh, the Islamic schools. So one of them who was, I was close, he came to a, uh, one of the, the a Global Association of Islamic School meeting in Durban, so I knew him. So he set up a meeting uh, with some of the professors in the Karachi University and other universities. And they were uh, brothers in Tablir who had a concern with regard to uh, what is happening uh, in the general population. You know, the type of uh, irreligiousness it is in the general circumstances. And this is something that even in my student days, Moana, I always had this, that there was such a great gulf between the ulama and the common people, you know. And when I was speaking to the people in Binori town, I also told them that perhaps while we are also uh, concentrating on our academic achievements from an Islamic point of view, maybe we should also be looking at the general public. Because you don't have, for example, the maktab system in Pakistan the way you have in South Africa. So it's not like a given that children go to madrasa the way we do it. And there's a big gulf. You find elderly, elderly people in Karachi who don't know how to read Quran. You know, because on one hand, you've got uh, people becoming ulama at such great numbers. The Wifaq, you know, where we, Monana Imdadullah, my colleague, is in charge of uh, one section of the writing of the common paper. You know, he told me there's 12,500 uh, people who write the final exams under the Wifaq banner, 12,500. And even a further step that startled me was 25,000 alimas. Double the male, the stuff. So 25,000 alimas write the final exams, and 12,500 or 12,600 write the, the alim exams. Can you imagine 25,500 alimas writing a common paper? So that is the situation with regard to it. And then, uh, you know, Monasunu and Benuri told us a very interesting thing. He said there was, the Rabita were doing a survey of, her, you know, the, the country with the greatest amount of offers in the world. So I think they made mention of Somali every year. There are 20 or 25,000 that graduate as Hafiz in Somali, Somalia. He said that uh, Wifaq, Wifaqul Ulama in Pakistan, uh, they also have an examination of the Hafiz students, the way they have for the Alim students. And last year, 108,000 students participated in that, in that Hifz Jalsa. That means 108,000 people became Hafiz under only one banner. Under only one banner. Then there are, of course, 
the Brailwi Maktab of Fikr, those who are from the Brailwi school of thought, then from the Salafi school of thought, they becoming Hafiz is different. So under one banner alone, in one year, 108,000 Hafiz graduated in Pakistan. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Some great number. But yet at the same time, there's also these uh, challenges. And mm. part of those challenges was that, uh, you know, they were speaking about uh, uh, the irreligious, uh, irreligiosity becoming common amongst uh, the modern educated. So I gave them a few things and I said that, uh, you know, Tanwir Ramtulali has written that anyone who goes to to university must keep the outlook and keep a relationship with ulama. So they said that, uh, you know, they made mention that uh, it's also from the other side, even ulama to keep in taluk with them. So they, they had one or two suggestions which I carried forward uh, to the Darulums that how can the Darulums start playing a role in, you know, creating a religious atmosphere in the universities and in the general population. There is um, an alim uh, who is there, Mufti Hanif, who was uh, with me. He was also a co-student with us. And he finished a year after me, so his wife passed away, so we went for Taziat. And he also brought up this. He said when he came to South Africa, he stayed in Newcastle. He was just taken aback by the madrasa system of South Africa. And he said he tried to, and he is still busy trying to implement it in Pakistan. So he also said, please, when you meet the ulama of Pakistan, tell them also that together with uh, the uh, emphasis upon the higher education, becoming alims, that they should also pay attention towards uh, the basic primary aqidah and the basic madrasas for uh, the people of Pakistan. He said, please put upon them that this is also a need. And can you imagine that, uh, you know, they, they were many, like, for example, Mufti Hanif was like in, in awe of the environment we have of our makatib. And, you know, it's so sad that in certain areas, we are not paying enough attention to that maktab. We take it for granted. And yet, people in a majority Muslim country are looking to replicate that particular system that we have here. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That we should be thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that great bounty and that great nama. Well, we've come to the end of the program. Anything else well, I would like to add on before we conclude? Well, a lot of things to add on. <laughs> okay, I don't think I'll do it. It has been amazing. I mean, I, Allah ta'ala shukar. I mean, I must say Allah has been kind. When you know when you get the opportunity of traveling, you see all these situations. Uh, it is uh, very very interesting, and we need to to learn from one another. Uh, and I think, uh, by and large, there are so many things that we can learn from the experiences of one another. Jazakumullah khairan ma'af for the lovely program. Jazakumullah khairan ma'af for sharing with us your experience and the lessons that were learned as well. And there's a number of messages that have come through as well. Just saying that uh, we always uh, benefit tremendously from Malana's uh, uh, program and uh, uh, the, the program is always enlightening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it. Inshallah ma'af, we look forward to, to hearing you on Saturday, inshallah. Inshallah, Aziz. And just a reminder to all the listeners, uh, please pa participate and attend the Sira Jalsa. And uh, if the ladies are listening, please see tweet that the men also attend and maybe broadcast uh, that particular, uh, you know, poster about the Sira Jalsa and remind the people about the Sira Jalsa. Jazakumullah wa khairan.